Mr. Pop. Dark. Hello, and welcome to Miskatonic University Radio, a podcast exploring Fantasy Flight Games' Arkham Horror the Card Game. I'm Dane. I'm Dan. And I'm Ben. And today, we're going to discuss the newest Mythos pack in the Circle Undone, In the Clutches of Chaos. And uh, not only that, but uh, for our American listeners, this is our celebratory, commemorative 4th of July Independence Day podcast week. Where are the fireworks? So yeah, we'll, we'll be discussing cards that feature uh, explosions, uh, the feds, capitalism, <laughs> and uh, I, there's probably some other dumb connections we can make with some of these cards. So yeah, enjoy that. Let's start with explosions. Oh yeah, I'll always start with explosions. So yeah, let's let's jump right into the first card. So the first card is a guardian asset called Mark One Grenades, and uh, it costs three resources. It has uh, one combat icon on it. It's level four. It is an item, weapon, and ranged, and it says, Uses, three supplies. If Mark One Grenades has no supplies, discard it. Action, spend one supply, fight. You get plus two combat for this attack. If this attack is successful, instead of its standard damage, this attack deals two damage to each enemy and each other investigator at your location. Any additional damage is dealt to the attacked enemy. So, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty interesting. What do, what do you guys think? How dare you take Mark's name in vain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you've you've confused the uh, one of the greatest uh, guardians with this this card, which is a guardian card. It's not a tactic though, so I don't think he can use it. <laughs> are we are we all on the same page about that? Well, I guess we are, but I, I still feel like in the community at large, people uh, people sleep on how incredibly broken Mark is. It's okay. That means that yeah. he's not going to get on the taboo list, <laughs> and we can still have Mark fun with Mark friends and Mark. Grenades. I think. I think that I do because I play Mark a lot. I do tend to evaluate guardian cards from the perspective of would I fit them into the extremely good Mark deck? And for this one, I think the answer is probably not. I think that the big risk with this is a lot of times as a guardian, if you're your group's, you know, not counting like Carolyn, if you're your group's sort of monster handler, a lot of times you're running onto a location where somebody else is dealing with a monster so that you can pull it off of them and try to kill it. So... In situations like that, this is rough because if you use this repeatedly, you're going to be hurting your teammates a lot. That's like the pretty obvious downside to it, along with costing 4 XP. But, I mean, you know, Dynamite is a good card. Dealing damage to everything on your location is powerful. And uh, also, this doesn't take up a hand slot, which is great, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is like a good, like a backup for whatever your main weapon is. It doesn't take up a hand slot. But really what I was thinking was like in solo, this might be like a pretty decent card. Uh, for when you've oh, piled yeah. up, when you've piled up a couple monsters because you've been evading them or something, like maybe you're playing skids or something. Oh wait, skids can't take this. Skids oh, can't take it. this. Uh, uh, <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. It, uh, I mean, it, it does have to be mentioned. So, if you're using one of the big two-handed weapons like the lightning gun or the flamethrower, then this is nice because it's you can have it out. You don't have to play a bandolier or something. It's like a secondary weapon that doesn't take up a hand slot. Yeah, mm-hmm. but. Similar to, you were saying it's good in solo, if you're in solo or if you're using those big two-handed weapons, in both of those cases, you're like already, you might not have the XP for this because, yeah. you know, the, the lightning gun and stuff costs a lot of XP. In solo, you generally get less XP. So I think that's going to make it sort of hard to fit into some decks. Yeah. You also don't need as much ammo in solo. At least, that is usually true. you get less monsters you have to deal with. 
That's true. Yeah, that might actually invalidate the whole point in general, right? Because like you, you just get less enemies in general, and you're not going to be evading as a guardian. You're usually just going to kill them straight out. And like the only person who can play rogue cards who would who would be even like remotely considered maybe evading ever is is Larry. But Larry has like a jelly of one. So like, <laughs> yep, so that, I guess that will work. <laughs> Our good friend uh, Larry Anderson, the expedition leader. But it is uh, it is it is similar to like Storm of Spirits in that it's like an AOE attack that hits everything. And you yeah. can use it to you can use it to hit like aloof enemies that are location as long as you have something to attack. Yeah, uh, you just have to be very cautious with using this because it you know you could you could kill all your friends, but you know because it is there's going to be situations where this is extremely powerful, right? Because you could attack a couple times in a turn and do like four damage. You could kill a couple of big enemies at once. That's really good, right? Yeah, and I mean even like I don't know if you're going to rely on this as one of your main weapons, but I could see playing like two machetes, two guns, and then one of these or something like that. And yeah. there's going to be times where this is really, really good. So it, it is a lot of XP and you have to be careful with it, but I think it is a powerful card in the right situation. So two things about it. One thing, it's a fight action. So can you vicious blow it and would it deal extra damage to each of the enemies that you're hitting? Mm, no, it, you can vicious blow it, but it does say on the card, any additional damage is dealt to the attacked enemy. So the vicious gotcha, blow would only gotcha, be okay. the whatever you attack. I didn't really quite get what that meant. I think that's how other effects like this work as well. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like flamethrower. The same text I think is on Stormer Spirits and maybe on flamethrower. Well, and but... flamethrower is a little bit different because with flamethrower you get to to assign the damage as you choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I think maybe the vicious blow. I'm not sure how that works with vicious blow, but I guess we don't need to worry about it for now. Yeah. The second thing is that it says. Two damage to each enemy in each other investigator location, meaning that you don't get hit by this dynamite or this this grenade blast, even if you throw it directly at your feet. Right? Yeah, you just point of it course. away from you. You know, it's it's uh, it's easy. <laughs> uh, just like in real life, know if that's how that works. But all yeah. right, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, we want to take a look at the next card. Yeah, let's do it. So the next card is Agency Backup. It is a seven whopping seven to play uh, asset. It's five level five. It commits for one will, one intellect, and one combat. It's an ally agency. Agency backup may be assigned damage and or horror dealt to other investigators at your location. Uh, fast action, exhaust agency backup and deal one damage to it. Deal one damage to an enemy at your location. Fast action, exhaust agency backup and deal one horror to it. Discover one clue at your location. And it has four health and four sanity and it takes up your ally slot. So uh, I I have a question about the art in this card. Why isn't it uh, Alice with a beat cop and Brother Xavier holding a bunch of guns? <laughs> like that's that's what this card is, right? It's kind of a combination of like all those guys' ability to to ping for damage or get clues. It, it is, but they they don't work for the they don't work for the federal government though. Right, They're yeah. freelancers. Uh, this okay. is uh, the you know you're calling in the G men, right? Is, is what's going on. <laughs> um, this is uh, I mean. It's one of these cards where the cost is so high, but it's incredibly powerful, right? I don't think I've ever seen seven printed on a card before. I mean, it it is it is ridiculously expensive both in money and XP, but yeah. having basically a beat cop plus a repeatable free clue is extremely good, right? Yeah, I mean, especially in the faction. Yeah, this is definitely a card that is uh, probably worth the five experience just because it's of all the abilities that it has that it can soak damage for your allies and being able to ping for damage or horror is great. And if you combine this with like a first aid or something, then you can use it a lot. 
I mean, I, I think using this to soak would, is basically like a crime and you should only do that if you're going <laughs> to die. Otherwise, uh, like you don't want to waste it on, uh, on that unless you absolutely have to, but it's definitely, it's, it's so powerful and it's in the faction that has ways to heal allies. So like upgraded first aid with this, uh, or even regular first aid with this would be very good. Yeah. Uh, emer- emergency aid also. Like Carolyn, it's too bad. It's too bad Carolyn can't take this because it's really, really <laughs> yeah, good for be, Carolyn. This Aww, would be great Carolyn. for Carolyn. Oh, this would be incredible for Carolyn. <sighs> too bad level five guardian cards are too much for for poor Carolyn to be able to have. <laughs> <laughs> they don't don't trust psychiatrists uh, or psychologists. Yeah, some something like that. They probably think she's a Bolshevik or something. But uh, <laughs> no, but 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 I. I mean, it would be great for Carolyn, but I think that, you know, it fits with like Roland and stuff where if, if you're trying yeah. to, if you're in like a one or two player game and you're trying to get clues and fight, although again, the XP and the money are going to be hard. The money's going to be tough. Yeah. Very tough. I mean, I think this would be pretty good for uh, Larry Anderson just because he's synergized as well with allies. He already has access to, he has access to rogue cards. He can uh, get money more consistently than some of the other guardians and be able to afford to pay for it. Plus, you know, he, he might, already, he's, he's probably already running cards that support allies. Or you can, at least. Yeah, you can kind of like calling in favors it for maybe one of your ventures or something who's all at ammo. You can yeah. flip it in for, for only like three. You know, like you can kind of dig it out of your deck. Yeah, like if you have this in your deck, it really makes you want to play things like calling in favors. Just because if you spend this much XP on a card to get two copies of this card, you really don't want to just not be able to find them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And how flavorful is that? <laughs> there you go it is yeah you're calling in favors from the from the fbi but yeah. it is it's it's really exciting just because i think that this card the more stuff they print that interacts with allies like eventually this could become kind of like a whole deck in itself like you could imagine playing a larry anderson deck it, you know if they one day print cards that let make you let you uh ready allies when you need to so that you can use this multiple times per turn you could combo this with like healing stuff and you could just use it all the time to do pretty much everything and it would be really good I mean, there's, um, was it Inspiring Presence is like a skill card that you commit and yeah, yep. it'll, if you succeed the test, you, I think you heal the ally, either a damage and a horror and you unexhaust it. Yeah. You ready them? Is that level zero or what is uh, level yep, Yeah. Level zero. It came out in the same cycle as, uh, Eureka and Resourceful. Yeah. It's, it's one of those, like it has one of three skills on it and it has like, oh, a, yeah, a yeah. little effect. So I think you'd probably want multiple allies that you can ready with that in your deck for that for that to be worth it, but that would be yeah. really good with this card. Yeah, like you yep, can use it with this sure. and like beat cop and I'm sure there's other oh, stuff. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, pretty cool card. Really though. powerful card, very expensive, but uh really, really cool card. Yeah. The art is great too. Come on. I like it. Yeah, definitely. So why don't we move on to the secret cards? The first one is Ghastly Revelation. Uh, it is a level zero event. It costs zero resources to play and has two intellect icons on it. And it is a spirit card, which of course means Calvin can use it. Woo! <laughs> and the uh, text is, discover three clues at your location, give any number of your clues to another investigator, or place any number of your clues on any location. You are defeated and suffer one mental trauma. This action does not provoke attacks of opportunity. And the art has some lady who's throwing a book behind her in disgust at whatever horrible spooky text she has read that is about to make her go insane. So this is like the equivalent of, this is like the seeker equivalent of uh, I'll See You in Hell, right? In that you... Yeah, almost exactly, right? Yeah, like this like helps you get clues and then uh, you, you get eliminated from the game, but it's like a big like last minute 
effect. And it, it has the additional nice little effect that you get to move your clues to someone else. Because normally if you died, you drop your clues wherever you are and it would be kind of pointless to have picked them up. Right. Yeah. Because you get to give your clues to somebody else uh, or even drop them so that you can make sure that it doesn't cancel out victory. So that's good. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely, like, a, a pretty good for card for early game Calvin, I think, when he's trying to, like, get a little bit of extra trauma. He's got to crew in that trauma. Yeah, it's it's good for people that literally want to die and collect trauma, <laughs> which is Calvin. Um, <laughs> and only Calvin. I, I think for most other characters, you're just not going to be in a situation this desperate very often. Um, like, you could maybe play it just for the icons, but there's already a lot of other good double intellect icons cards that are probably more likely to be used. Yeah. But... You could, if you really wanted to, you could play it for that reason. This card, it's evidence for all those who are naysayers about not uh, about reading books in Arkham Horror, the card game. Which is all of us. This is this is practically our mascot. Oh, yeah. Don't ever read a book in Arkham yeah, Horror, the card game. Yeah, definitely read a book. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't know why you're putting the qualifier in Arkham Horror, the card game on it, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> really, really any game that's even a little bit scary for any reason. Again, you know, just don't even... qualifier game, you don't know what books <laughs> could do. Even in uh, just in your everyday life, you could encounter a book that's particularly dangerous. You mean like the Holy Bible? Yeah, you don't, you don't want to take any type of risk like that. Uh... <laughs> or Finnegan's Wake. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> or uh, the Farmer's Almanac. Yeah, those all those all sound pretty sound pretty dangerous. That's, that might actually be what she's throwing behind her right now. I would not recommend reading any of those uh, texts. I <laughs> picture it being like a Garfield comic anthology from like the <laughs> mid nineties. Like, oh no, he's so lazy. Like, <laughs> they just don't understand. Yeah, I, I gotta say the art is cool, but the name is a little bit boring. Like, I'll see you in hell is a great card name. Yeah, right? like that's fantastic. This is like not quite as good. Yeah, it could definitely use like some type of cool quote. There's like there's nothing that you could quite sort of shout defiantly as you you know go out with a you know go out heroically in the same way as like I'll see you in hell. But I I do I you know something like a little bit more exclamation pointy than just ghastly revelation. Is there cool. no like movie line uh, like when someone has like just read something and then dies dramatically after they they read it or has gained too much knowledge? Like what about Indiana Jones? Like all those guys spoilers for Indiana Jones uh, die when, <laughs> die when they gain too much knowledge or something? Right? Didn't no no cool lines? Yeah, that? like looking at the arc. Yeah, they're not gonna name it the face melter. Like, <laughs> I mean, that would be that would be kind of cool. I understand everything or whatever. You know? Yeah, what or what have I done or something like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, still pretty cool. Probably we'll see even less play than I'll see you in hell, but still uh, a neat card. Should we move on to uh, to the next one? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so the next card is called Studious, uh, and it costs three XP. It is an asset. It's a seeker asset. Uh, it has the trait talent. It's a permanent. It says you begin each game with one additional card in your opening hand. And it's basically the best card in the game. <laughs> uh, agree or disagree? Um, I mean, this is definitely a very good card. This is a this is very a ridiculously good. good card. You know, at first I didn't see the potential, and now I see the potential. <laughs> so, rules master Ben. So to to clarify, you get the additional card before you mulligan, and you can like mulligan that additional card. Is that how it works? Yeah, I believe so. Um, there's there was a bunch of effects in a forgotten age that were like. You begin the game with like X less cards in your hand, and I think the wording was basically the same, and it was ruled that like, oh yeah, that's part of your mulligan. I wouldn't put it past them to have a little thing in the next FAQ that says effects that reduce your hand size happen before the mulligan, <laughs> but effects that increase it happen after. But yeah. uh, unless that happens, which I hope it doesn't, then 
I mean, think about it. Like normally you should think about your mulligan as like how many cards you get to see. So if you start with five cards, you know, you should usually mulligan pretty aggressively in most decks. So it's sort of like you get to see 10 cards right. out of your 30. But now it's like if you start with six cards and you get to see 12. And if you get two of these, you start with seven cards. You get to see basically half your deck the value. before the game starts. That is incredible. That's like you're going to find your Milan. You're going to find your cash if you need it. You're going to find, a, you know, a weapon or something if you're playing somebody that can play weapons or like Melteroni or something. This is ridiculously good. And it saves you a click. Like it not only helps you find the cards that you want, it also just starts you with more cards. So you don't have to spend actions in the first couple turns just drawing cards. Yeah, not to mention like the inherent synergy with one of the main focuses of the set being tarot cards like oh yeah you can draw all your tarot cards and a special card that's coming later in this pack all much more reliably you know like you can you can really hard mulligan here like this is mulligan part two uh electric boogaloo (laughs) that's absolutely right yeah yeah i mean even even if i'm wrong and that it doesn't affect the mulligan just starting with two more one or two more cards in your hand is still really good right it's incredible, yeah. It would still be excellent even in that case. Yeah, this is the proverbial two-pack. I don't know, somebody somebody can correct me if we're horribly wrong on this, but uh, I'm pretty sure this is just amazing. This <laughs> um, is a, like, if this were a neutral card, every deck would take it. Right? <laughs> yes. And yeah. and thank God it's printed in Seeker, because who knows what Safina would have done. Yeah, it's, a, it's about time Seeker's finally got a really good card. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, this is this is just so good. Like, it's almost... I don't want to say like, I wish that it wasn't so good because I'm happy about it, but I do think that this is almost like you should spend XP on this really early. Like there's no like, oh, this seeker deck wants it and this seeker deck doesn't. Any deck that can take this card should take it probably pretty early. To get the most value. Unless you're doing some type of deck where you don't want to have cards because you're using like a Madame LaBranche or something. I don't know. Unless you're going uh, for think... Hellbent uh, build or something. But... I don't know what that means. I hope nope. it's not a reference to... Uh, any... There's only one card that interacts with, with having not many cards in your hand, which is the Survivor skill card that has like five question marks uh, on yeah. it or what wild symbols. Last chance. I'm really excited for them to make a Survivor asset that says like, if you have no cards in hand, you gain plus one all your skills. And then for people to be like, oh, this card, Studious actually sucks because it makes it harder to turn on, like, Grey Horse or whatever. Like, <laughs> there will be something like that. But no, this card is incredible. The horse build. Yeah. So before we move on to the next card, I'd like to point your attention to something. I know we've trash-talked Seekers this whole time. What do you mean? Wait, but we don't trash-talk Seekers. Ghastly Revelation is the first Seeker card. The Seeker event that's not an insight. <laughs> Wait. Is there no other event that's not an insight? Is that honestly true? I'm honestly not sure, but but this is not an insight, and that is that is something to point out about this card. Is barricade an, an insight? Barricade's a tactic. No, barricade's an insight. Yeah, Mark can take it. Yeah, I know. That's why I remember. I think. Well, I think it's an insight because I think the default Joe deck uh, that's terrible uh, has it. It is has it. It is uh, hunch deck. Well, yeah, because think about it. You you have an insight that a physical object could be used to block a doorway. You know, so it's like a it's insightful. Anyway, let's move on to the other cards. And can we actually can we go out of order just a little bit? Can we go to the rogue card that's sort of similar to Studious, and then we can talk about them back to back, and then afterwards we'll do the other rogue card. Uh, that sounds like complete and utter chaos. We can't can't just go out of order. <laughs> we're we're in the clutches of chaos this week. Uh, it's, chaos is the true. theme. Chaos and uh, America. You know. Uh, all right. Does that mean I read it? Because I was supposed to read this card. 
sure why not uh, all right that's okay this rogue card is called another day another dollar it is a level three asset that is a permanent and it is also a talent and this one says uh you begin each game with two additional resources and the text is never lose sight of what's really important <laughs> so uh yeah this is also i think a pretty pretty solid card i don't think it's as dramatically good as like getting extra cards in your hand but for like for rogues uh, rogues like having money and starting with extra money means you can set up more easily you can pay for stuff like leo right off the bat uh, i don't know what do you guys think yeah absolutely this card's great i mean yeah i don't think it's as good as studious as few cards are but i do think it's very good i think Pretty much anybody who can play this probably wants to, especially decks that really want a lot of money, like Preston, certainly want it. And also pretty much anybody that's playing Leo, like instead of paying two XP to upgrade your two copies of Leo to level one, you might as well just spend one additional XP and get this instead. It's much better. Yeah. So yeah, it's just great. Like you think about it as like you get two thirds of a cash for free, but before you've even spent any actions. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I would say most of the time when I'm looking for a cash... I'm looking for it to be in my opening hand to help you set up. Yeah, this exactly. you you just erase that. You know, like you don't even need to worry about having cash in your opening hand. You might even drop down to one cash because suddenly, like setting up isn't as big of a deal. You know, because all all you need is another day, another dollar. Imagine if you had two, then you get you start with math is hard nine Four resources extra, oh. <laughs> and that's incredible. That is really good. Like if you're playing a normal deck that doesn't really care that much about money, then take this and you can take the caches out of your deck and put in other better cards. Yeah. And if you're playing a deck that does want lots of money because, you know, you're Preston or you're playing Streetwise or you're playing like Money Talks and... uh, Yeah, big money. The other kind of big money cards, then certainly you want as much money as possible, so... Yeah, and I mean, like, even though the art would say otherwise, Preston can play this card, right? Like, I mean, this looks like a very (laughs) illegal transaction for cigarettes in some, like, shady prison cell with an inmate or something like that looks more like someone's giving someone a favor type of thing i don't know it really i agree it looks like it should be illicit but my my theory is that uh preston just owns a chain of for-profit private prisons (laughs) and uh (laughs) you know makes a a huge amount of money off of them that like that's where 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 do you think the four resources of return is coming from you know (laughs) we're not at that part of america's history yet are we I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we'd have to do some. We, we'd have to do some research. We'd have to play some seeker cards and read some books. Preston's an innovator so. in that regard. <laughs> Dane, you want to take us to the next card? I guess I'll do you that small favor. Anyways, we're going to talk about this next event. Go-, <laughs> Go-, <laughs> Call- Go to the jail that's printed in the art of another day, another dollar, Dane. <laughs> we're going to talk about the next card. It's called Small Favor, and it's two resources, and it's an event. You commit it. For two combat symbols. It's a favor and a service, and you deal one damage to a non-elite enemy at your location. And then it reads, when you play small favor, increase its cost by two. Change deal one damage to deal two damage. And that's a reaction icon. Yes, reaction icon, thank you. And then another reaction icon, when you play small favor, increase its cost by two. Change at your location to add a location up to two connections. Look away. So it's got the standard service text, and I think it's very good. I think it is good, or at least decent. I don't know if very good. That seems like a little bit too high of a high praise. Similar to the other cards, like, I, I don't know, I guess I compare it to the clue card, which changes, like, one clue into two clues, or get two clues from a location. Intel report. Yeah, Intel report. Where, like, getting a clue is, like, a base expected cost for an action. Well, th- well this, like, dealing two damage is really the standard for, like, the base cost of an action. 
at least th- that's what you're kind of hoping for. Like that's, yeah. that's what it would take for it to be. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of agree with Ben. I, we kind of guessed that there might be a card like this, just following the pattern from the earlier service cards. Mm. And I was kind of hoping that it might be like deal two damage. And then if you pay more, pay extra does four, that would probably be too good. Yeah. If there was a way for it to do like one and a half damage, almost that might be like more reasonable, but <laughs> Even still, though, so I think it's a little bit underwhelming, but I think that I underestimated both of the previous service cards. Like, they're both, I think, a fair amount better than I thought they were. So I don't want to be too harsh on this one because there's a good chance that I'm underestimating this one, too. Yeah, I think that small favor, when we're kind of calculating how much, you know, an action is worth in terms of dealing two damage, like Guardians a lot of the time will deal two damage or or your main damage dealers will be dealing two damage every attack. That's also incorporating the fact that there's a test involved, whereas this is just testless two damage um, for four resources. So that's kind of like playing a 45 with one ammo in it, but you get one shot that will always hit. And I mean, like, let me let me just let me just paint this picture for you real quick. Wendy playing this card is Wendy talking to some guy, paying him off and basically hiring somebody to shoot somebody for to whack a guy, essentially. Hey, kid, you want to see a dead body? That's that's what the art kind of reminds me of. Oh, it's great. No, I mean, it is it is a way for people that have money but aren't good at fighting to kill things. But Wendy doesn't really have a huge amount of money, usually. I mean, okay, okay. now that Drawing Thin is out, everybody who can play Drawing I was, Thin. I was about to say, I was like, <laughs> mm, I don't know about that. Okay, yep, no, you're right. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It, keep in mind, too, that it doesn't prevent AOOs. So if you're using it against somebody on your location, you're going to get hit. Yeah, if it's engaged with you. Or if it's engaged with you, yeah. That is true. That is true. It does have the use that you can use it to, like, ping aloof enemies that you so you don't have to taunt them. Yeah, exactly. Like, it'd be good for, like, acolytes when they spawn too far away from you to get rid of them without having to go move over to them. On the Essex County Express especially, like, being able to... I mean, I don't know when you're going to have time to play, like, a hot streak and get extra money in that scenario, but if you do have the money, being able to, like, pay for it to kill an acolyte that's in the next car before you can get there could be a huge, huge thing. Yeah. So I'm going to continue this painting. You're Wendy on a train that's being sucked into a wormhole, and you call your friend, uh, Glenn, who will climb into the, to the window of this train car up in front of yours and kill this cultist for you as the train behind it is being ripped. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is just great. This is, this is like, one of the most flavorful cards you could imagine. And I think that it's very good for solo play. Yeah, I appreciate the flavor that you're weaving into, into this card. Um yeah this is this is kind of this is definitely working for me i'm enjoying the like oh yeah we're in beyond time and space and i'm gonna put out a hit on a slime monster with a thousand eyeballs <laughs> like oh yeah yeah my old my old friend uh two knives joe could you maybe uh could, could you maybe take care of this eldritch abomination from a non-existent time and place for me like, step through one of those looney tunes like little holes out of nowhere and just shank a shank a monster or something yeah, yeah it's exactly, exactly. It's perfect. make it look like an accident you know <laughs> that's perfect i i love this card yeah probably probably all right like i said it doesn't immediately seem as good as like intel report but it's probably at the very least playable in like solo and stuff and it's probably pretty decent definitely preston yeah. or anybody that has lots of money and preston it makes sense right yeah like like preston should probably play this instead of overpower like pretty much all the time yeah yeah, yeah. i think so too the, the two combat symbols is really relevant and also i mean he's just hiring people to kill people for him which is not illicit <laughs> because other people are doing it for him <laughs> and it yeah exactly and it is <laughs> see if you pay people to do crimes it's not a crime right <laughs> let's uh we should move on to to the next one 
so this is a this is a mystic asset cost four uh level three diana isochron s perceptor i think i'm oh, sorry <laughs> I, I mispronounced that diana esperance or esperance maybe she has two will icons she's an ally and a witch and it says uses three secrets lightning bolt icon attach a non-weakness spell event from your hand to diana esperance limit one event attached to her the attached event may be played as if it were in your hand it is not placed in your discard pile after it's played it remains attached as an additional cost to play the attached event exhaust diana esperance and spend one secret and she has three health and one sanity and takes up the ally slot guys i don't know i i thought that this might be like a pretty okay card but the problem is you can only attach uh spell events to her and uh, I, I just don't, I just don't think there's any good spell events that you would want to play, you know, many, many times, like every turn, if possible. That is tough. That is tough. I mean, I guess there's like, uh, what's the teleporty one? Astral travel. Oh or yeah, something? astral travel. You can put astral travel on. Yeah, that. that's not really good enough. I think you could, um, uh, you could put mind wipe on it. Just wipe an enemy every turn, right? I, yeah, I, I don't think mind wipe is quite there. I, I mean, I, I just don't think there's any spells out there that we would want to play repeatedly over and over and over again and just like win the game. There is, there is kind of like a mediocre card. Um, the name eludes me though. Uh, Ward of protection. Uh, so oh, word, of, word of what i i don't know if i've ever heard of it what, what does that do <laughs> i don't remember uh, it's the one that uh cancels an encounter card you just drew so nothing bad happens to you oh yeah, oh ward yeah. of protection oh. <laughs> oh oh yeah this card's really good <laughs> yeah this yeah this is great. a this is a pretty good card yeah oh, it's man. pretty great being able to turn one ward into four wards is uh is amazing right <laughs> yeah wouldn't it be three actually did i read it wrong it's three secrets. Oh, yeah, yeah, three. I thought you played it first and then attached it. You can put turn. more secrets on it. There are cards in this game that allow you to do that, but I don't think any of them, like, are particularly good in terms of how they work with Mystics. Yeah, there's, like, Enraptured. Yeah. But, but even still. I, yeah. I was excited about that, but then I looked at the cards that are out there. There's, like, the Seeker event that puts two charge two secrets on something if there's a yeah. your location, which the fact that it's Seeker means it's really only for Marie, I guess, and um, Norman and Jim uh i guess that's yeah normal, normal. but not not like the good mystics agnes and, <laughs> and uh there's also enraptured which is pretty bad that's the one where it's like a single intellect icon you investigate and if you succeed then you get to put a secret on like it's a skill card yeah so i don't think you're really going to be able to put more secrets on but even with just three i think it's pretty good yeah and again there's calling in favors right like y- you can't really underestimate that even though i think you lose the ward if you pull it back to your hand though right Ooh, good question. Uh, yeah, it would just it would just get discarded when stuff that's attached to things with whatever they're attached to leaves play. They get discarded unless there's some other text somewhere. How does this? Uh, speaking of that, how would this work with Diana? Like, if you're playing, oh, actually, with itself. Even before we get there, doesn't this oh, doesn't no, this kind elephant. of break our rule of? Uh, I mean, they're spelled differently, but I think that there are two Dianas now, right? That can't be allowed to last. Yeah, the pronunciation is a uh, is a problem unless we're pronouncing it wrong and it's Diana. But even then, that's still a little too, too close. Similar, right? Too similar. Too. So we're similar, not going to call yeah. her Diana. Deals with Devil's Esperance. That's just too long. So, so what's what's the new name for this uh, Mystic Ally that we're gonna, mm. that we're going to go with? I usually Dan suggest something very ridiculous. Gladys. <laughs> uh I don't know. Donna. Donna works for me. That has like almost all the same letters, but it sounds different. <laughs> I don't know. Donna, Deborah, um, yeah, that seems reasonable. I guess Darlene. Uh, I don't know. Devin can be a girl's name and a guy's. Can name. it really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was going to suggest Daniela, 
but uh well i we should let ben pick because this is this is mostly for ben's benefit yeah ben's benefit because so. <laughs> i think everybody else gets confused by it but it it, it helps me donna is probably fine okay all right all right let's do donna so donna esperance from now on okay but no how does this work if you are if you're playing diana and you have donna in your deck and you attach a word of protection or some other cancel card to her and you use it does it go under diana uh, I think you could still tuck it on Diana. It would obviously no longer be attached to Donna. But then you could attach another card to Donna. Yeah. But there's no way to put Donna under Diana? No, because Donna doesn't actually cancel anything herself, right? Oh, yeah. It, it doesn't say, like, mm. she gains the text of the card or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But I think you, I mean, if you have a, if you if you have a ward, like, you don't really want to put it under Diana until Donna is out of charges or out of secrets. Yeah. Because you want to keep playing it as much as possible. But you could, like, yeah, play Ward three times, and then the last one I think you could tuck under Diana and get the, the boost. And if, if you're worried about dying, I mean, three health is, is pretty solid, right? Yeah. Obviously, yeah. if you're playing Ward over and over again, you'll have to mitigate the horror damage somehow, but Mystics have ways to do that. Yeah, th- th- that's fine. Just play Fearless or something. Like, it's always great to Ward stuff. There's also Deny Existence. Is pretty good on this. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Especially if you're already playing Diana, maybe you get. Uh, oh no, sorry, I almost I almost gave a spoiler for three minutes in the future. Um, <laughs> oh. uh, but yeah, deny existence uh, would be pretty okay because then you wouldn't be as uh, worried about wanting to save deny existence for the perfect moment to cancel like five damage or whatever. Be encouraged to use it more. That is true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're just like, oh yeah, I'll just use this whenever I have an opportunity. One other combo I thought of, uh, which I think only works in Mateo, is you could use Alter Fate, which is... Oh, interesting. Let's you, lets you choose and discard from play a non-weakness treachery that's not attached to an elite enemy. There's some stuff that, like, uh, Ward doesn't necessarily hit that Alter Fate might be able to hit, because there's stuff that has, like, perils on it that you can't use your Ward to protect someone else from. Like, what is it? Uh, like, the Psychopomp song from yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in other places like stuff that's apparel and you put in someone's sort of area you could maybe use alter fate to like get rid of it or that uh the, what's the thing in the circle undone that you put it on someone's zone and uh fate of all fools fate of all fools oh yeah yeah no i guess you're right but I, I i think that there's usually not a huge amount of those cards so you might not need to do it so often that you'd want to put that alter fate under donna but maybe yeah i don't know but anyway, yeah, pretty pretty powerful card. You should always try to get a ward under it, if at all possible, because... Yeah, that's number one priority. Yeah, but the next card that we're going to talk about is also maybe a sort of decent choice. Yeah, so the next card is Deny Existence. Welcome back. It is level five now, and it means business. It is an event just the same. It costs zero resources. It still commits for just one wild symbol. Um, it is a spell and a paradox, Fast, play when an encounter card or an enemy attack would cause you to do one of the following. Choose one. Discard cards from hand, lose resources, lose actions, take damage, or take horror. Uh, And then you ignore that aspect of the effect. But then you perform the opposite of that aspect. Uh, Draw cards, gain resources, gain additional actions, heal damage, or heal horror, respectively. This is nice. Yeah, I, I like this one. It's got a lot of potential for, like changing some extremely horrible effect into like an extremely beneficial effect maybe you draw something that's like oh uh, for every point you fail by take a damage or discard a card and instead oh now instead i heal damage or instead i draw three cards or something which can be incredibly good yeah i mean potential is the right word though because 
I think that this card kind of tempts you to think about the best possible scenario to play it. Like, you know, you you think about, oh, there's going to be some horrible encounter card that makes me discard three cards, and instead I'm going to draw three cards, or even four cards, which would obviously be great. But I think that a lot of times you're just going to be, like, holding this in hand, and bad things will happen to you, but nothing that's quite bad enough that you feel like you want to spend your 5 XP card that could potentially do more if you wait for a better opportunity, and it's just going to, like, sit in your hand. I think a lot of the time. Yeah, if, if you fall prey to that, uh, oh, I have to save this for the perfect moment effect, which a lot of people, uh, including myself, uh, <laughs> fall into that trap. Like when you're playing a video game and you get an item like in the first level and you're like, oh man, this will be great. I'll save this for the, until I really need it. And then after you beat the final boss, you're like, oh. <laughs> I still have this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I should have used that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. This has potential to have that follow that same uh, pattern. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. I think it's not just that it's like a temptation that you have to wait. I just, I think that those scenarios where it really does a huge, awesome thing don't even come up all that often. Like if you look at something like dealing damage, a lot of times you take like one damage at a time, like maybe two. So you, you have to wait for a scenario where you already have two damage on you and then something is going to do two more. Like that happens sometimes, but not super often, I think yeah it's it's also kind of too bad that the way they interpret the opposite of some of these effects like for instance when an enemy attacks you you know like you would take damage the opposite of that is healing damage it's too bad it's not like when an an enemy would attack you and deal damage you get to instead deal damage that enemy that'd be pretty cool yeah yeah so there's there's two things i i usually i like to think of deny existence as like mini ward almost because it prevents a lot of the things that encounter cards um you know throw out your like revelation effects do the two notable ones being that it doesn't prevent discarding assets from your play area and uh, preventing doom from happening. Which is like the best possible thing to word. Yeah, exactly. So if this for some like like if some like form of this were to say that like instead of discarding an asset, you put one in from your hand into play or instead of putting a doom into play, uh, you you remove a doom from play. That would be like unbelievably bonkers. Like that'll good. be the level nine version, I think. <laughs> the exceptional. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, this card isn't anything horrible either. I think that it's just, like, it falls prey to the, the uh, like, win more kind of a thing, where, where there's just a lot of things that you want to upgrade before this. And, like, this could get you some crazy stuff, though. You could you could be uh, Agnes, and you could be running the most amazing card that they printed in this set so far, being Drawing Thin. Oh, I thought you were going to say Act of Desperation. And you have one of those things where it, it deals horror equal to the amount that you failed by, and you pump that test to seven, and you fail it miserably, and then you heal seven horror, and it's everything's great. <laughs> I mean, okay, if, if you can get seven horror on you beforehand. <laughs> Agnes is certainly capable of doing that, which she needs to. <laughs> also, you draw two cards or gain two, four resources because of drawing Yeah, I, I mean, you're right. This is what I was saying. It definitely tempts you to think of these incredible <laughs> situations where it provides so much value, but you're right, though. It is a good card. You'll eventually want to get it once you have enough XP. If you're playing Arcane Research, that's going to help. You're eventually going to have... You will have upgraded all your other spells, you know, so... Yeah, oh, that is true. That is true. It is a spell. So it, it does take from um, Arcane Research, right? Yeah. Cool. Should we move on to the Survivor cards? Yeah, let's move on to the first Survivor card. First Survivor card is uh, called Trial by Fire. It is a level zero event. It costs three resources to play. has one wild commit symbol. Uh, and it is a spirit card, which of course means Calvin could take it. Wait a second, <laughs> Ben, are you saying Calvin's going to be interested in this card? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Let's read the let's read the text first, Dan. It says, uh, "Fast play only during your turn. Choose one of your skills until the end of your turn. Set the base value of that skill to five. 
and the flavor text is, you never really know what you are capable of until something is trying to eat you. Before, <laughs> b- before we even start talking about the mechanics of this card, I think the art is pretty cool, but I think that this gentleman in the art bears a really uncanny resemblance to our good friend, the uh, proprietor of X9 Games and Hadley Mass, uh, Seth. Doesn't doesn't this look a lot it, like it Seth? It does. And if Seth is out there listening, <laughs> there's been a card made in your image. Has Seth ever had to wander through a sewer carrying an axe and a hammer all covered in slime? Probably. Uh, have you ever asked him that specifically to, to know? I think that if the mall in Hadley were ever like haunted by strange beings and uh, you know the mall were under attack by slime monsters, I think that Seth would reach below the counter and grab the hammer and axe that he keeps for these types of situations and uh he would he would do what what needs to be done as well. for sure and it does look like this guy just burst out of the belly of some like big gross slime monster so that's absolutely appropriate and like what better place to have a slime monster than hadley massachusetts other than asparagus i guess <laughs> it could be an asparagus monster <laughs> seth come on the show come on the show seth all right so but for the card itself yeah i think this uh calvin might like this card because i think all of his base skills are kind of low uh oh yeah there's zeros uh so so, so uh <laughs> this will let him boost one of his skills early on it's definitely a good early calvin card he might upgrade out of it eventually once he's accumulated enough trauma but uh that'll help him out and then you know preston also has pretty low stats although i don't know if preston would ever ever be in a sewer covered in slime right he would probably pay <laughs> someone to do that for him right that's i think what's you implied think so yeah. right Maybe that's what the card represents, is this is the guy he's hired. That's exactly what it means. to the sewer for one turn. I kind of assume that this is, like, not a real sewer. It's some kind of, like, sewer-themed uh, rave or orgy <laughs> that happens in, like, the basement of, like, a mansion. Like, uh, I think if Preston plays it, maybe that's the uh, that's the headcanon. Yeah, that makes sense. Does, does it really? I don't know. For everyone else, though, it could be, like, a good emergency card for, like, a turn. Maybe you really need to pass an intellect test or, or combat test, and your deck otherwise isn't designed around that. Yeah, that is true. Although it can only be played during your turn, so it doesn't save you in the mythos mm, phase. Right. It'd be like if you have, you're entombed or something, or like you need to really get rid of uh, Spires or Kokosa as an emergency or something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Three money is kind of a lot, but again, drawing thin, who yeah, cares? Drawing thin exists. So. One thing that's kind of cool about this card is is if we kind of take a step back, we can evaluate this next to the Red Gloved Man, which kind of has a similar effect to this. It is also fast. It is two resources, I think. And it's five experience. And when you play the Red Gloved Man, it, it increases two skill values until the end of the round by f- uh, to five. So what's interesting is like the the difference, the impact that experience has on you know the quality of a card. For example, this having the stricture that you can only play it during your turn. It's only one of your skills, and it costs more money, three money. The uh, the other thing that's kind of interesting to compare it to is Will to Survive, because Will to Survive basically means that anything that you already have a decent stat in, you're going to pass right, all those right. tests because there's you're not going to draw a negative number. This is kind of the opposite, where it doesn't really help you on anything that you're already good at, but it gives you a pretty good chance to pass things that you previously were horrible at. So I guess they're not opposites, but they're, they do different things. Interesting. Yeah. And I mean, if, if you played them both at once, then you would basically pass everything. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I I think it's good for Calvin uh, early on and good for Preston, as I already said. Yeah, I don't really see putting it in many other decks. Probably not great for anybody else, but definitely good for those two characters. It's a little bit too situational, I think, for everyone else. Maybe if you're not doing a blind playthrough and you know, like, in some scenario, you really need to be able to 
do something in one turn like you're playing windy so you adaptable this in for one turn because you know you have to beat a combat test oh, or something yeah but yeah speaking of too situational uh, <laughs> let's move on to the next card uh which is a survivor event cost one resource level three has an intellect icon two agility icons it's called bait and switch it's a tactic yes i know mark can play it yeah <laughs> no yes you can uh, <laughs> and it says either choose one evade if you succeed and the enemy is non-elite evade the enemy and move it to a connecting location or evade use only on a non-elite enemy at a connecting location if you succeed evade that enemy and switch locations with it so i think that it's a neat idea but very situational right yeah i mean there there was a level zero version of this card from dunwich right that's where we've seen this fantastic art before yeah yep Um, i definitely forgot that that card ever existed that's how much of an impact it had yeah Yeah. like the original card had like one less icon on it and it only had the first effect which was never that impressive so you're paying three xp to get one more icon and to have a second mode basically i mean there's probably some funny scenario where like switching places with an enemy would somehow be amazing but i think it's too specific (laughs) Uh, moving an enemy to a connecting location is like kind of okay. Like if you're playing Forgotten Age, maybe you like move a snake to a location you're never gonna go back to, and then you just don't have to deal with the snake again or something. But I don't know. It's it's definitely very specific. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. But even in that case, you'd probably be happy with the with the level zero version of this. Yeah. So there's one thing that's interesting is that I don't think we've seen the text switch locations before. Does that mean if if the enemy's at some at a location where it says uh, you know, you cannot move here until, you know, something happens, then you don't switch or the enemy moves to you and you don't move to it. I believe because there's two ways to interpret, I guess. It's either like, oh, you have to fulfill as much of the card as you can, so therefore the enemy moves to you, but that's not really what the word switch yeah, means yeah. in general, so that doesn't really make sense. Yeah. I think you could still, like, maybe evade it with that, but not switch with it, if maybe you just want to use this as an evade card, but then why would you? why would you do that? Yeah, I mean, Rita get <laughs> you definitely. Of you definitely can't move to the location that if it says you cannot move to it, because uh, that would definitely yeah. break several sure, scenarios. Sure. So even if like someone interpreted it that way and there was an argument for it, I would be very confident there would be like an FAQ saying no. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, I don't know. Too situational in my opinion, but the art is great. Yeah. Yep. Not not great. <laughs> art is really yeah. funny. Don't yeah, ever leave your shrimp too long in the fridge. This is what happens to it. All right, you want to look at the last card? Yeah, let's move on to the last one. So this is a neutral card, and boy, is it a... it is. <laughs> anyway, uh, it is a three-cost asset, Anna Kaslow. Kaslow. Wow. It is Anna... It might be Kaslow. <laughs> it is Anna Kaslow? Yeah, that sounds right. I'm good at pronouncing things. I bet it's Kaslow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, just listen to Ben. <laughs> this is the mysterious soothsayer, Anna Kaslow. Kazlow. I'm going to say Kazlow for now. She's an ally. She's clairvoyant. You have two additional tarot slots. And then reaction. When the game begins, if she's in your opening hand, you put her into play. Reaction. After Anna Kazlow enters play, search your deck for a tarot asset and put it into play. She has one health and one sanity and uh, commits for one wild symbol and she takes your ally slot. She is a neutral card. Yes. I don't know if you said that. I was too busy with figuring out how to pronounce this interesting name. This is a uh, this is definitely interesting. She's sort of like an ally that gives you plus one to a stat that you're allowed to play a tarot of, but she's but with the additional tarot property that if you have her at the beginning of the game, she starts in play. So 
if it works, it's going to be great. Like you could imagine putting her in your deck and because you have her in your deck, you're going to put other tarots in your deck. Like normally you might only play one, but now you're maybe going to play like at least two, possibly even three, if you're allowed to play that many of the good ones. Yeah. So, you know, potentially you could have your opening hand, especially if you've got a studious, <laughs> you know, your opening hand could have like her in like a tarot or two in it. And you could just start the game with like multiple tarots and it would feel great. So that would be cool, and it would be fun to try that. I, I'm i not really sure how the probabilities work out. Like, I think it might not actually happen all that often. I don't know. What, what do you guys think? I agree. I think you have to go pretty hard into tarot cards and being able to mulligan for her in order to get, like, a good benefit. Uh, otherwise, because if you just draw her regularly, uh, it's cost three to play her, and then you also would have to spend whatever the money the tarot cards cost to play them as well. It's a lot of setup. Um, I mean, I guess by the end of it, you include a good shape, but you've spent a lot of actions by that point in money. Yeah, it's pretty expensive. It's tarot card. She also doesn't work as a health buffer or a sandy buffer. She's very vulnerable to just getting killed by something. Like if there's something that's like damages allies first or something. Or yeah, yep. It, that yeah. would kill her off. Don't bring her into the jungle. Uh, there is an encounter card in TCU. It's in TCU. Oh, no. It really depends what which tarot cards you're allowed to play for your investigator because... So the red one really is not very good. Yes, I know Calvin can play it, whatever. But uh, but the I mean the good ones are basically the four that give you plus one to a stat, and a lot of characters who don't have like a secondary class up to level two can really only play one of them. And even like Wendy, even if your main or secondary class is Survivor, then the red one really isn't very good. So like Wendy really only wants the agility one. But some characters like Roland and Joe Diamond, like those two can both play both the blue and the yellow one and they kind of probably want both usually so probably joe more than roland but yeah and i mean like normally like in my joe diamond deck i'm only playing i think one copy of the intellect tarot card but if you were going to play anna then that definitely makes you want to play more yeah ace of rods is kind of questionable though is that the neutral one yeah Yeah, that's Mm. pretty good I mean, if for some reason you were forced to put Ace of Rods in your deck, then maybe you could be like, oh, I'll, I'll also get Ana and a couple other tarot cards. Yeah. If someone showed up at your house with a gun and told you to put Ace of Rods in your uh, Safina deck, then you could do it and then play this. You know? <laughs> the other thing, um, I think I think Dan kind of glossed over it a little bit. I think this is really good for Calvin. We've we've been talking about Calvin for a while in this pack now, I think, like Trial by Fire and things like that. But like this and the the Red Tarot, the Red Tarot is effectively, if I if I'm reading the way that it works correctly, heightens his threshold to be able to take damage and sanity damage in in accordance to his ability. So he gets more, he gets stronger, and he can just blast what doesn't kill me makes me stronger even louder with her out. Yeah, it increases his base health and sanity so you can take more damage and horror and therefore have higher stats and tarot's aren't unique right they're not if he's like already close to the limit of his natural health and sanity then his stats are already pretty high unless you're on like expert mode you get kind of diminishing returns of boosting them well it gives him a buffer though so he can ride that line of getting up to like plus five at all stats without being worried about taking one damage and dying or something i guess that's true what a, what a ridiculous character why doesn't he play calvin <laughs> i mean the other thing is it's possible we'll get more tarot cards in the future and maybe there will be like some really good ones that you're like oh i i it might be worth sacrificing your ally slot to and a bunch of experience to like just be able to have those extra tarot cards but uh like right now i think there's not too much it's possible i mean i feel like they're very thematically connected to circle undone so i'd be kind of surprised if we saw more but it definitely could happen oh and maybe in like return to circle undone maybe we'll get like updated 
you know tarot cards or something yeah that's true and there's still one more pack after this so yeah that's true dan you had some theory about the backstory of this character right i'm wondering if this is the mysterious soothsayer from the gathering when she sends you out it's pronounced soothsayer (laughs) thank you dan (laughs) say it no dan say say it soothsayer it's easy just dr (laughs) soothsayer No, just say it. Thuthsayer. It's very easy. <laughs> Tooth Slayer. Visualize the vowels and consonants in your brain and just say Tooth Player. Booth Prayer. <laughs> I think all of this aside, we've kind of snubbed one of the most beloved characters in Arkham. Maybe this is the birth of a whole new deck for Lola, where she takes every single tarot that she can and puts in Anna Caslow and goes insane with trying to get taros and using corner to the best of its ability that deck sounds like dog shit Dan. <laughs> well uh but think about this lola can take studious and another day another dollar still still so <laughs> still terrible lola players yeah so your first so she... 12 experiences accounted for how how were you going to get this much xp when you're going to be killed by like rats in the first scenario <laughs> uh i don't know maybe someday uh, lola Maybe return to Carcosa will have just upgrade, upgraded Lola as <laughs> cards that you can actually oh, use. Lola. One thing we should mention about this is if you get the tarot weakness in your deck, this sort of helps you neutralize it, maybe. I'm not sure if it's worth the XP, but... That is true. Yeah, that's, that's a true. reasonable uh, reason to get this. It makes it so you could use tarots if you wanted, but it's definitely like a, a lot more investment experience-wise just yeah. to cancel out the weakness when compared to like indebted you can just get another day another dollar to cancel it out you know yeah (laughs) Yeah, for sure or really any weakness can be canceled out by getting studious because it's the best card in the game so (laughs) (laughs) that is true so i mean i think that the the relative the relative power level of all of these cards is pretty high i mean like there there are certainly some some of these cards are are meant for certain investigators like trial by fire and things like that but i think that a lot of these are are welcomed additions to like upgrades and allies and permanent cards they are mostly high xp cards so it makes sense this point yeah there's a couple of these like xp sync cards that are like powerful but hard to get into your deck but those two permanents are so good uh that kind of yeah really pushes things up a lot yeah so how does everybody feel about these cards? Does does anybody else think Anna is the soothsayer from the intro to the gathering? Is anyone else going to yell fire in the hole when they throw some MK1 grenades? Lola players, speak out. It's okay. <laughs> Comment wherever you listen to podcasts or email us at miskatonicuniversityradio at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. did forget we forgot to mention canada day that was also this week oh well